All right. So what are we doing in Romans chapter 1? June's over. Well, it's not about reprobates, but I do want to point out one verse in uh, verse 29. It says, being filled with all unrighteousness. And it's talking about these people that have been given over to a reprobate mind. Uh, It's being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, and whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters of inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. And it goes on naming all these terrible sins. And one of the things that it mentions that they are full of in here is full of debate. And I want to talk about that subject tonight, full of debate, because obviously we are not supposed to be full of debate. When you look at this passage right here, it's very clear that that is a problem. And debate, if you look at the definition of it, it's a quarrel. Uh, that is wrangling, contention, debate, strife, variance. And so, is debate always a sin? You know, is it okay to debate someone? You know, as long as we're just not full of debate, as long as we just have a little bit of debate, right? You know, and uh, you know, is debate itself the sin? Or is being full of debate just kind of showing a mentality and a behavior of somebody who's just a wicked person? And because I want to show you too, in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 8, it says, Go not forth hastily to strive, lest thou not know, or, or lest thou know not what to do in the end thereof, when thy neighbor hath put thee to shame. Debate thy cause with thy neighbor himself, and discover not a secret to another, lest he that heareth it put thee to shame, and thine infamy turn not away. So here it's telling you to debate, but to do it alone with your neighbor. So obviously when it comes to debate, debate itself cannot be the sin. There are situations and times to debate. Don't want to get ahead of myself, but if you think debate is always a sin, then you know what? You should never go soul winning. Because, you know what? You debate all the time when you go soul winning. Now, do we go soul winning so we can debate with people? Of course not. But understand, when you go soul winning and people start bringing up objections, they're like, well, you know, I think you've got to work your way to heaven. You know, what do you got to do? Oh, well, I'm not supposed to debate, so where do we go from here? No, what do you do? You know, you're going to try, you're, you're going to debate, but you're going to try to keep it friendly. And, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I just say all this to say... There is a difference between just the, you know, debating, disagreeing. You know, there are, there is a time and place for it. But again, if you're somebody who's just full of debate, if every time you go soul winning, we're getting phone calls because you are just getting in these hostile arguments with people. If you're just debating everything, I mean, you're debating sports, you're debating politics, you're debate, debating ketchup versus mustard on a hot dog all the time, and it's just always turning ugly and you just have to argue about everything, it's because you're a wicked person. But it doesn't mean there can never be a situation where we don't talk about a disagreement. So, uh, we'll, you know, we'll see that as we go through. Sometimes we've got what I call robot theologians that just, you know, they, they just, everything is just a black and white. This is how it is for everything. And they don't know what to do when they see stuff like this. And so here in this passage in Proverbs 25, when he's saying debate thy cause, Solomon is teaching the wisdom 
of not being hasty to strive. You shouldn't be looking for arguments. You, it should be your desire to not get in conflicts, to not get in debate with your neighbor. But you know what? Sometimes we don't have a choice. There's going to be a time when we have to debate our cause, but we should make every effort to avoid it. Romans 12:18 says, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Sometimes, but sometimes we can't help it. Okay? And again, if debate's always a sin, then you know what? I'm going to take you to court you know, and I'm going to try to sue you for doing something to me. And you know what? You're not allowed to argue about it in court and give your side because you're not supposed to debate. Now, obviously, if somebody takes you to court, you're allowed to give your side of things. You're allowed to defend yourself. You're allowed to give your side of the argument. So, I, you know, it, this is sometimes, you know, we shouldn't be full of strife. But did you know sometimes we've been called to strive? We, we can see scriptures on that. We shouldn't be contentious, but sometimes we are called to contend for the faith. And so the robot theologian, he reads Roman 1 and he thinks debate is always a sin no matter what, but then gets confused and you get to Proverbs 25. And I think a good way to illustrate what I'm talking about is when it comes to things like being a striker or a brawler. It, the Bible says for the qualifications of bishop, not a striker. But you know what? Does that mean if some guy comes and starts messing with my wife sometimes that I can't hit him? Of course I can hit him. That's just common sense. We're allowed to defend ourselves. I'm allowed to protect my wife. I'm allowed to protect my family. Some guy comes along and messes with my wife. I'm going to deck him. You know, you're a striker. No, I'm not. No. What does it mean if you strike somebody? That makes you a striker. No, I'm not. Okay. No, I'm supposed to defend my family. There is a time to strike somebody. There is a time to beat somebody down. So again, it's okay. Not a brawler. Uh, sorry, I know that guy's messing with you, honey, but if I get involved in this thing, I'm going to be brawling and I'll get disqualified. So what am I going to do? So, you know, again, I think God, you know, God gave us common sense for a reason and he expects us to use it. But it's amazing how robot theologians you know, the, the common sense just goes out the window. Of course, you can just another thing too, because again, First Timothy three three says, "Not given to wine, no striker." You know, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler. But did, would anybody think too, though, it's a sin for organized fights or any type of physical contact sport? Because we're not supposed to be a striker. But what if a guy wants to box somebody? I was in a church one time where a bunch of preachers were boxing in the auditorium and they were striking each other. So did they all disqualify themselves when that happened? No, it was, it was good fun. They all agreed to do it. They had rules. They had boxing gloves. They had, you know, and, and, you know, and everybody was still friends after it was all done. I don't believe they were disqualifying themselves as pastors when they did that kind of thing. You know what? And so, and, you know, a lot of people too, they're critical. And again, I'm not just defending myself because I did a couple, I, they weren't even really debates this week, but some people are like, you know, you should never do debates. I don't think it's wrong to do debates. I, I think just like it's not wrong for two guys to agree to a set of rules and to go into a ring and to have a ref and punch each other. I don't think it's wrong to do that. I don't, I don't think that's a sin to do that. I don't think it's a sin for two guys to agree and say, you know what? 
let's go have an argument. We've got rules. We've got a format. We've got a moderator. I think it's good, clean fun. And, and I think it can t- potentially be edifying, just like watching two guys beat each other up. It's, it's, it's edifying to the people watching it. And you know what? The people beating each other up seem like they like it. I, you know, they, they seem like they enjoy it. I'm not really particularly into that, but at the same time, too, uh, I'm not against it. In 1 Corinthians 9.24, you say, well, that's a fight. That's a, they're brawling. We're not supposed to be a brawler. You know, that's that robot theologian talking. But again, sometimes we just call it these things. There's a, there's a big difference in me going and just getting in a fight with somebody who doesn't want to be in a fight and two guys getting in an organized match with each other. And 1 Corinthians 9.24 says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. 2 Timothy 2.5 says, and if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. And there's something in men where we like to get together and outdo each other. And what are we trying to do? We're striving for the mastery. Whether it be something like fighting, whether it be a, uh, some kind of contact sport like football, whether it be something that has less contact like basketball, which that can get pretty violent too, or even baseball, or even ping pong. You know, what are we all trying to do? We're trying to outdo each other. And is it wrong? Is is it a sin to do that? Is it a sin for us to have competitions where we try to one-up each other and outdo each other? And, And don't we as men feel good when you outdo somebody? Folks, I don't want to get sidetracked, but we have got to get that back in our male culture. You know, encouraging our boys to try to dominate somebody. Oh, what if my boy gets dominated? Then motiv- use that to motivate him to be tougher and stronger. There's always going to be somebody tougher than you. There's always going to be somebody stronger than you. But you know what? Let those defeats motivate you to get tougher, to get stronger, to try harder. We need some manliness in our boys. And you know what? Don't get your kids involved in sports where everybody's going to get a trophy. You know, you teach them. What is second place? First place loser. That's what we told. That's what we, we tell our kids. You know, we we I, I tell my boys that they didn't get second place. It was first place losing. I wasn't picking on them, but I wasn't going to be like, "Hey, you're a winner in my book." No, you got beat. You know what? You need to figure out how to outdo that kid. You need to, you need you need to work harder. You need to practice more. You know, it, and it, I'm not trying to make them ashamed. I'm not hating. I'm I'm glad they did what they did. But you know what? Let it motivate them. It, it's okay to do that. And let me tell you, it's the crowd that was told they were always a winner that's having all the mental health issues. It didn't help them out. It didn't do them any good. I don't want to get going on that. But understand, I do. I think, the, I think masteries is good. I think we need that in our culture. I think most would agree there's nothing wrong with two guys getting together, agreeing to some kind of battle where they have rules to follow, a referee. And I don't think people should be forced into these battles. Again, you know, I think it would be wrong if me as a pastor, I'm just always going around trying to get people. Go on, fight me. Fight me. You know, we'll get in a ring. Let's put on the gloves. Come on. No, that's not, that's not a good attitude. 
Okay, that, you know, that you're, you're, you are a brawler if you're doing that. You just have to fight everybody. You're trying to force everybody to fight you. If people don't want to fight you, you shouldn't fight with them. Okay, and you know what? I think it's wrong too. And there's people out there like that that are like, debate me, debate me. No, I'm smarter than you. I know more than you. This. Debate me. Come on, Leo, let's go and let, you know, let's have a debate. No, that's the person that's full of debate. And you know, if somebody doesn't want to debate me on things, I'm not, I, I'm not worried about debating them. I'm not going to fight with them. But hey, at the same time, I'm confident in what I believe. I'm ready to talk about what I believe. And if somebody wants to have a formal debate with me on something, I'm all for that. I think it's good, clean fun. I don't think it's wrong. I don't think it's unbiblical. But again, if I'm just going around, just come on, beat me. Let's do this. No, that, that's a terrible attitude. That, that's a terrible attitude. I think it should be voluntary. I think it's all good. So I don't think it's wrong. You know, I, I, I do think it would be wrong for that organized fighter to just go around picking fights, provoking people. That's not good. And again, same thing with debates. If two guys want to get together, have an organized debate, I don't think it's a sin. And so just like it would be wrong to go around taunting someone to box them, I think it's wrong to go around taunting people to debate you. And there, there, listen, there's, there's some pre-tribbers out there I'd love to debate. They don't want to. So you know what? That's fine. I'm not going to bug them about it. And, and I shouldn't do that. And so just understand, you know, a lot of that too you know, is people just wanting to feed their ego. That guy that wants to fight everybody, that's demanding to you give him an opportunity to show his dominance or whatever, that's not right. That guy who's demanding somebody debate him all the time, he is just wanting to feed his ego. That's not right. That's not good. And so just understand, there are times to argue, but if you're always getting in arguments, something's probably wrong with you. You know, and we have, we've been called to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But that doesn't mean there's never a situation where we might need to pound someone's face. You know, and, and there, so, when do these things become a problem? When do things like debate become a problem? When do, does strife become a problem? When does contending become a problem? Because all of these things, there are times that we are called to do those very things. But we're still not supposed to be full of debate. We're not supposed to be contentious. We're not supposed to be full of strife. So how can we know when we're kind of crossing a line in these areas? And so I think the first area is when you're constantly debating people who don't want to debate you. It says in Proverbs 14, 7, Go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. You know, there are some people I just don't want to argue with because they're just an idiot. And you know what they want to argue? But they want to argue with you all the time. You've got people out there that they do, they just want to argue politics with you all the time. If somebody doesn't want to talk to you about politics, they don't want to argue about politics, don't argue with them about politics. And, and listen, I've got to watch out for this stuff. You know how it is sometimes you have that family member, that liberal family member? You, what do you want to do? You want to bring it up. You know, what did you think about the debate last night? You know, what do you think about the election? And it's just like you're, you're wanting to debate them. You're wanting to argue with them. And that's not a good attitude. And that person that just has to argue with people all the time, if you're somebody who when people see you coming, they just want to go hide, you can strut around and say, that's because they're just afraid of all the truth I'm about to drop them. No, it's because you're full of debates. And you're just, wanting to, you're just wanting to build up your ego. You're wanting to feel good about yourself and just show your intellectual dominance in the area. That's not right. It is not our job to force everyone to get straightened out on everything. 
including salvation. Look what it says in Matthew 10, 12. And when ye come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it should be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Even when it comes to soul winning, we have not been called to just go arguing with everybody. If you go somewhere and they don't want to hear what you have to say, you know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to move on. You, you just you move on. Why? Because we've not been called to just debate everybody. There's people out there who do want to hear the gospel and we don't need to waste our time. And it's an easy thing to get sucked into. You know, when you're out there, when you're out there soul winning, you know, often you do have the people who want to argue with you. You run into the people that are full of debate. And they're ready to throw down. They, and and, you, and what, what happens when that happens? When you have some Catholic that comes along and they think they know it all. You know, we want to show, no, I, got, I can outdo you. Same thing Jehovah's Witnesses. The Jehovah's Witnesses, they're the worst. They're the worst ones. And, I, you know, and, and let me tell you, my flesh loves throwing down with Jehovah's Witnesses. I enjoy, I enjoy arguing with them. Because I don't think they're my brothers. I don't like them. And I don't feel bad if I start insulting them. And, but at the same time, if you're out soul-winning, should you be wasting your time talking with these people? You know what? They're, and again, when people, when people bring up legitimate questions, when people are being sincere, we need to learn to perceive that. And we ought to be ready to give an answer. Whenever they're saying things wrong, no, we should contradict what they're saying and say, hey, no, you're wrong here. This is what the Bible says. We need to be tactful about it. And you know what? We, but what we never want to do is we never want to continue arguing with people just because we want to win the argument. You know what? If we do that, you're wasting your time and you're, you're not accomplishing anything. It's not about winning an argument. And, but you know what? It's easy because it is. That debate, it's just kind of a part of our flesh. We want to prove that we know more than them. And no, I'm going to win this argument. Man, I'm going to dominate. Then I'm going to go back and tell everybody, man, I schooled a Jehovah's Witness today. For 45 minutes, we debated about hell. And oh man, he brought up this. And I turned it around on him. And I said that. And he's just like, oh, you know, what, what happened? Did he get saved? No, he got mad and walked off. Congratulations. During that time, I got two people saved that actually wanted to hear the truth, that were looking for the truth. But, you know, I get to feel... And again, I'm not telling you you can never argue with these people. There's a time to do it. But sometimes we're just wasting our time. And so are we, are we doing these things for our flesh? Or are we doing it for the right reasons? And you know what? When you do, go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. Do you have no ability to perceive a person who is ready to hear the truth and a person who just wants to argue. Sometimes you can tell they just want to argue with you. You know what? We don't have to do that. But yeah, but they're wrong on salvation. Doesn't matter. They have no interest in the truth. They do, they, they do not care. They just want to argue. Don't get sucked in. Don't get sucked in. And, and we got to watch out for that. And I will be the first one to confess that sometimes I get sucked in. It's, it's, it's an easy thing to do. 
But we got to watch out for that. And so if you're to, and again, and we're just talking about soul winning here. But if you're always, you know, you have people too, no matter what, they always end up debating politics or whatever. Just, just debating everything. Sports. Have you ever heard some of these people too that when they talk about sports, it gets ugly. It's like, dude, it's sports. You know, no, I'm telling you, the Bears are going all the way this year. Prove me wrong. Can, can we just wait and see? Uh, you know, we're, we're going to eventually see. You know, it, it, it's just, it's opinion. But they do. They, they want to argue about it. That's, that's not a good attitude to have. You know, and again, okay, and, and here, here's the thing about that too. Past time you say nobody can ever argue sports. Listen, some people enjoy getting together and talking about sports with each other. They enjoy arguing about whose team's better. And you know what? They walk away from those conversations and they're still friends. I don't, I don't think it's wrong for you to do that. Just like, I, again, I don't think it's wrong for two guys to get in a boxing ring and you know, duke it out with each other. Now, if that turns you into enemies and you're going to devote the rest of your life to figure out how you can destroy that guy that beat you up and got the better of you in a fight, then you know what? You probably shouldn't get involved in that kind of thing. So again, we shouldn't be out there just you know, looking for strife, causing strife. But at, at, at the end of the day, there are things associated with that, like the masteries, like fighting, like formal debates and things that people, some people are capable of doing, maintaining their testimony, maintaining friendships, and not losing their cool, not trashing their testimony. And you know what? Maybe you're not able to do that. But if somebody else can, leave them alone, let them do it. And so again, when you just have to debate everything, what does it say in Titus 3.9? But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject. So what's this saying here? First, there's a few things here. One, there are subjects that are even contained within the scriptures that are not worth arguing about. You all understand that? There are some things that are in the Bible that are unprofitable in vain. Okay, you won the Nephilim argument. How is that going to change our life? How is that going to make you better? You know, this is unprofitable in vain. You know, watch out for this kind of thing. You know, even strivings about the law, it says. It's unprofitable in vain. And you know what? Sometimes we've got to learn how to determine whether something is a profitable conversation or an unprofitable conversation. You know, there are some things that if we do talk about it, it's probably going to cause more confusion than it is actually going to bring enlightenment. And we've got to be careful about that. There are some things... We just don't really need to worry about debating. And then he goes on to say, a man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject. Well, what's he saying right here? Well, again, if somebody is is a heretic, if somebody's going into heresy, it is okay. We should want to get these people right. We should want to restore them. We should go and, like I said, debate in the sense of, you know, we're going to try to persuade them and everything. But you know what? After that first and that second admonition, you've got to understand at some point, I can't keep arguing about this. I can't keep debating this with you. And there are sometimes, there are situations like with your neighbor in Proverbs where you need to debate your cause. 
there's going to be situations where you do. You need to debate certain doctrinal things. Maybe, you know, maybe in, in the preacher world, when, when, you, when you have two preachers that are fellowshipping together and are friends, and one of them maybe starts going into heresy. Okay? It's so, you, know, you don't need to just immediately write them off. No, go to them and say, hey, we need to talk about this. We need to discuss this. And I need to explain, you know, hey, I think this is the problem. I think you need to repent of this doctrine. This is a big deal. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to have a debate. But understand, you give that first and second admonition, and if they will not come around, you know what you just need to do? You need to move on. You know why? Because we can't just keep debating this. We can't just keep having this argument. We can't keep doing this. There is a time to have the debate. There's a time to have the argument. But there is a time to say, you know what? Enough's enough. Because we can't be full of debate. I can't just be arguing all the time. We can't just be fighting all the time. As a church, you know, there might be things that we have. You know, there, there might be some disagreements about it. But, and, and we can talk about these things and maybe even argue with it a little bit. But if we're just every Sunday, we're just having an argument about it. And it just keeps getting bigger and uglier. At some point, we've got to say, hey, enough's enough. This has got to stop. You know what? We can't talk about this. I think people ought to be able to sit down and talk about some disagreements and differences on certain areas. I think there are, you know, I mean, when it, you know, let's just say, for example, when it comes to the millennial reign, you know, there's a lot more we don't know about the millennial reign than we do know. And I think it's okay to talk about these things and speculate and maybe even have disagreements about how things are going to go down in the millennium. But at the end of the day, if it starts turning ugly, if it starts getting hostile, you know, then all of a sudden we have to say, hey, you know what? We got to stop this because obviously we are too carnal. We're not capable of just having a friendly discussion on these areas and we can't just be having these blow ups and things. And, we're not, and we don't have anything like this going on. But I'm just telling you that kind of thing can happen. and It does happen in churches. And you know what? Sometimes, you know, as a, as a pastor, I have to step up and say, hey, listen, you know what? We just can't have this discussion here. We, we can't do that. And, I, and I've had to do that before. You know, I mean, our church, we have, we are, you know, it is not our position at all that the world's flat. But, you know, we've had people that have wanted to argue about it and it started to get ugly before. And I say, hey, listen, bless your heart. You believe this way, but you know what? We can't be having arguments around here about that. You know what? I think people ought to be able to have a friendly conversation about that and disagree and not lose their minds. But at the same time, if somebody is just, they can't, you know what? Hey, all right, listen, as a pastor of the church, I'm going to have to put this subject and say, you know, ban it from being spoken of here. Because you know what? I think it's unprofitable and vain and just there's no good that's going to come from us just arguing about stuff like that all the time. You know, and so we got to, we got to watch out for that. Some subjects are unprofitable and vain. Some things are just not worth it. And so are you the type of person that at get-togethers, everyone has to avoid certain subjects when they're around you? Like, oh man, do not bring that up. Have you ever been there? You know, it's like, oh, do not bring that up in front of this person. My wife a while back brought something up in front of an individual. And I remember as soon as she said that, wasn't anybody from here at the church. It's, it's, I, we're standing there, and as soon as she said that, I'm like, oh, why did you say that? And she was just innocently telling the truth. <laughs> but it was just like, it, it wasn't anything bad. But I knew with this individual, 
You cannot speak that truth in front of this individual. Nobody, nobody from this church. And they went on a tirade. And, 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 and my wife didn't even realize she, she caused it. This person's on social media, just blowing up social media, talking about this thing. And, you know, and she's like, what's going on? I was like, uh, you did that. <laughs> what? It's like, yeah, remember when we were here? And you, as soon as you said that, I knew what was going to happen. Because that's just kind of how they are. And, you know, and, and bless their heart, you know. Uh, you know but that just some people are that way. And you say, well, why do you like that person? Hey, I don't have to agree with somebody 100% to like them. And, and, and there are people that I like, that I appreciate, but at the same time, too, I know maybe they're very passionate about certain things and, and something's a really big deal to them. And you know what? I won't bring those things up. I don't need to let them know, you know that I believe different. And I don't need to get them to my way of thinking on those areas. I will, that's all I am, especially with other preachers. I'll let other preachers be themselves. They've got to let me be me, too, though. And if there's something that I know triggers them, I'm not gonna. I don't, I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to try to trigger them. Okay? And my wife wasn't trying to trigger them, but I knew them well enough to know that's going to trigger them, and it did. And you know what? I have, there's things that trigger me. Okay? There, are, there are things that trigger me, and there, you know, and there's people out there that you know they do things, say things that just make me crazy and make me go scorched earth on social media. You know, and, uh, you know, it's, we all have that kind of stuff, but we've got to learn to just, we, we've got to watch out. We've got to watch out for that. We, we really do. And some of us, we just need to realize we, we're all going to have to learn how to live in a planet where not everybody agrees with everything we do and like everything we do. And I think, I think pastors struggle with this stuff probably more than anybody. I, I really do. But we've got to watch out. And so another thing, when you're incapable of having patience, that then you might have a problem in this area in being full of debate. It says in 2 Timothy 2.24, it says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive. Wait a minute. We can't strive? What does it say? Must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance, to the acknowledging of the truth. So wait a minute. We have to be meek in straightening people out. We have to. We can't strive. We're supposed to be gentle. All these things. And here's the funny thing about it. In the same chapter, in Second Timothy two two, it says, "And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who should be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ." No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he will strive lawfully. So, so wait a minute. I thought we couldn't strive. And, but here it's saying you can strive, you just have to strive lawfully. So do you all understand that when we're looking at this isn't a matter of just a word, like debate, bad word, sin. Just like strife or strive, that's not just automatically a bad word, sin. It's about what we are striving about. It is how we are striving that makes it a sin. 
or, you know, or even two, you know, how much and just how frequent. Again, we ought to be trying to live peaceably with all men. But there is a time when you can't. So in, in that same path, so the thing is, what we should always be shooting for, we should always be shooting for not striving, being gentle, in meekness instructing. But what, you know, most people, they just immediately right out of the gate, they're just ready to nail them. You know, them that, you know, we're, we're just ready to rebuke, we're ready to cream them. But understand, you know, there is a time and place because we are supposed to be a soldier. These things are not conflicting with each other. We're supposed, we're showing a mindset here. And so, because again, when we go soul winning, you're going to debate. And, and there, and there is a time to debate, but there, and there is a time when it's appropriate, but then there comes a time when you cross a line. And so when you're soul winning, debate is inevitable but I, and I believe debate is okay as long as you do a few things. One, have patience with the person. Okay? Don't get mad at them if they contradict you. If they don't immediately go along with what you're saying. You have patience with them. Again, if, if somebody tells you, no, I, I, I think if you're a good person, you're going to go to heaven. You don't have to agree with them because you're not allowed to debate. Don't agree with them, but you don't have patience with them. Have patience with them. You know, try to explain. Be gentle. Do it in meekness. Also, you know, debate is inevitable and it's okay as long as you have the wisdom to know when to walk away. Okay, you got to learn when to do that. We got to watch out. We don't want to hurt our testimony in this area. We don't want people to be able to accuse us of going out and starting arguments with people and stuff like that. You got to learn when to walk away. And sometimes you might have to walk away when they, and with them having the last word. You might have to walk away with them thinking they just got the better of you. you got to be able to do that. We can't let pride step in and get in the way. Also, I think it's okay to debate when you're out soul-winning as long as you're capable of keeping things from escalating. I've told the story here before about a Pentecostal lady I talked to years ago when I was out here soul-winning. And she, she wanted to argue with me. And uh, I, I probably talk. I definitely talked with her longer than I should have. But when, but whenever, uh, whenever she started arguing with me, she mainly kind of went into tongues. She right away went into tongues. You know, she right away uh, started talk, wanted to argue with me about tongues, and you know, and I was telling her what I believed about tongues, and then she kept getting angry. It was no relate. She was getting mad, and you know, and I did, and I kept telling her, so like, listen, I'm not here to argue with you. You know, if you want to talk about this, you know, I'm fine talking about it. But I said, I don't want to argue with you. I, I'm not here to make you mad. And she's like, no. And then she'd calm down. And then we'd go in there and she'd get angry again. And like two or three times, I had to tell her, listen, I, I am not here to make you mad. If, if I'm just going to make you mad, I, I, I'm fine with leaving. You know, I, I don't want to do that. I'm not here to make you mad. And, and you know, and, and then she'd calm down. And, you know, and obviously, I didn't get her saved. And, uh, you know, and it probably just wasted time. But we do want to avoid things escalating. We need to learn to have the wisdom to de-escalate situations. There are people out there that are just belligerent. There are people out there that are just jerks. There are people out there that are looking for a reason to cuss you out and to start screaming at you and to make a scene. And so we got to watch out for that. And, and whatever we can do to keep things from escalating they start yelling at you and you start yelling back, it could escalate. And man, and let me tell you, 
it's not fun walking away, having some guy chewing you out, acting like he's got the better of you, all that stuff. My pride does not enjoy that at all. But you got to take it. Listen, because again, this isn't just about your testimony. You're out there representing Liberty Baptist Church. You're out there representing Jesus Christ. So I could beat that guy up. I'm pretty sure you could. But I promise if you beat that guy up and you master him, guess what? Our church is going to get creamed in the headlines. Because Solar from Liberty Baptist Church pulverizes guy, you know, who just wanted him to leave his house. You know, I mean, that, no, you, you can't do that. That's not good. De-escalation. You know, and so another thing too, debate is inevitable when you go soul winning and it's fine as long as you're not going out looking for an argument. If you're just out there looking for a reprobate to nail, that's messed up. You know, you, you shouldn't be looking for somebody to argue with. That's not what it's about. <clears throat> we should be out there trying to reach people who have ears to hear. And not everyone has ears to hear. But if we're, if we're regularly getting phone calls about you being rude and a jerk, it's probably because you have a problem in this area. And again, we get phone calls, you know, a lot, but it's typically people that are just mad that we were out, mad that we left a flyer on their door, you know, and, and, you know, thankfully, uh, I can't think of any calls I've ever got where I'm like, I need to go talk to that soul owner. And, you know, everybody here does a good job, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. But when you start doing things, and here, here's another area, too, where you might be full of debate. When you start doing things, even good things, just to prove a point or to win an argument. And look at what it says in Isaiah 58, verse 1. The word debate, I believe it's only in the Bible four times. And um, this is one of the times. It says, cry aloud, spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exact all your labors. Notice what they're saying. Hey, like we fasted and you didn't notice. You know, we've done all these, we've afflicted our soul and you didn't notice what we were doing. And so he, and, and so, so you notice what he said. And he said, behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure. It's like you were just going through the motions of this fast and it wasn't even a real one. You're still finding pleasure during this time. And notice what he said. Here's why you're fasting. He said, ye fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. You're just doing what you're doing to get attention. He said, it is such a fast. Is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast? And an acceptable day to the Lord. You know what they did? They went through the motions of a fast. They kind of cheated on it, but they mainly were going through the motions of this. A fast is a good thing. They went through the motions of afflicting their soul, which is a good thing. But they were doing it for attention. They were doing it so they could say that they did it, so they could act like they have some kind of claim on the things of God. But God saw right through that, and He's like, "You're just you're fasting for strife and debate. You just want to be able to tell people." I did this. It would be like me going on like 
a week, you know, let's say, you know, your brother Sean had the record in here of the longest fast of five days. And then he's going around bragging the church. I, I, I fast for five days. And so now everybody thinks he's the most spiritual one. Well, I can't have that. So then I go and I go for six days. It, it, you know, I'm fasting for strife and debate because I've got to be able to one-up him. That's not good. That's not why we should do things. Even though a fast is a good thing, but you're doing it for strife and debate, if you're just doing good things, if you're just going to church so you can nail everybody that's not going to church, you stink. You're just doing things because you want to win an argument. If you're just, you know, whatever, whatever good thing it is you're doing, if you're just going soul winning because you want to have the license to cream the non-soul winners, that's not why you should do these things. You know what? That, that's, a, that's a wicked attitude. And so in verse 4, when they're saying they're fasting for strife and debate, it, it, again, they were doing these things to prove a point. The fast was something they were supposed to do to help them get close to God. They were afflict their soul to get close to God. And many people are doing spiritual things not out of conviction or love for the Lord, but to just prove they're more spiritual than somebody else because they're trying to one-up people all the time. And Baptists love trying to one-up each other in things like standards or just taking a strong position on an issue. What are you doing? You're, just, you're doing it to boost your ego. That's not why we've been called to do these things. We just want to argue. I, I've got to prove. I've got to, we've got the most conservative music. So what are we going to do? We're not going to have drums. We're not going to have guitars because people use that in country music and rock music. And you know what? I mean, we're, you know, we're not going to use pianos because they do that in honky tonk. You know, we're going full Church of Christ. We're not even going to do instruments. And uh, if you remember, some people used to have here years ago, they used to go to a primitive Baptist church. And the primitive Baptists, they were always trying to one up each other on everything. They had no instruments in the church. They had no bathroom in the church. It, it almost caused a church split when they put an indoor bathroom in the church. This was years ago. We'd be like, you can't go to the bathroom in the church. You know, and, and boy, it's funny the things people thought about over the years. But they, they had no instruments in the church. And they were going to have a wedding in the church. And they wanted music in their wedding. They said, you can't have a music and piano in the church. And so what they did, they opened a window and they set a piano outside and they played the piano outside there like why, why do we have to do these things everybody's always just got to prove something to somebody you know i've got to prove that i'm mr conservative so i don't just wear a suit and tie in the pulpit i wear a suit and tie every day you know pastor ran a while back he showed a picture he was on a lawnmower with a suit and tie i was like that's old past <laughs> right there my dad years ago said that uh you know something was going on and he needed to move the lawnmower and he was in his suit and tie. And, you know, he was like riding the mower in his suit and tie. And somebody told him one time that they had heard from somebody that he like mows the grass in his suit and tie. <laughs> and he was just like, uh, no, you know, I'm, not, I'm not that conservative. But it, like some people, I think they want to be known for stuff like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to outdo you. I'm going to out standard you. I'm going to out IFB you. I, every, everybody's trying to, when you start doing things, because you want to be able to just get out there, and I just want to be able to tweet how liberal everyone is. I want to be able to nail everyone for being more liberal than me. That is not good. That is the person that is full of debate. If I go and I decide I'm going to make my wife wear a skirt to her ankles because I want to be able to cream this other preacher for being liberal whose skirts only go to her knees, that is not good. That is that full of debate attitude. I'm, just, I'm, look, I'm doing things looking 
to, to help give me an excuse to argue and debate with somebody. That is a very wicked attitude. We should be doing what we are doing out of conviction, out of love for the Lord, but people often go over the top just to prove something to someone that, and that, that is, that's not what we're all about. That's not what these things are all about. And I do. This area of being full of debate is an area where Baptists can often get themselves in trouble because sometimes we do. We feel like we're the only people out there just holding the line in certain areas. And it's easy to allow carnal things to motivate us. And it's important in this battle, if we are going to win this battle, if we are going to stay in this battle, we have to keep our hearts right. And so when there's a bat, when there is a battle ready to fight, we need to be ready to fight. But we don't need to go looking for fights. You know, they will definitely find us. I promise. If we have the truth, if we are proclaiming the truth, if I'm proclaiming the truth like I'm supposed to, I promise you, the debate will find me. I don't need to go finding the debate. It will. If you're putting truth out there, the devil is not just going to stand by and let you speak the truth unopposed. And so the truth is, you know, if you really if you really want an argument, just get truth out. Speak truth, preach truth. The devil will oppose you, but you know, the people that are out there looking for a fight, looking for debate, always out there provoking people, challenging people, all that kind of stuff. You know what? They have the wrong attitude. They are the ones that have that full of debate attitude. And we don't need to be that way. That is not the attitude that we should have. And so the Bible is not conflict. There's no conflict when it says full debate in the midst of all those sins and other places we see debate telling you to do it. Just like we're not supposed to be a striker, but there is a time to strike. You know, we're not supposed to be hateful. But there's a time to love and a time to hate. There, there, there's a time to everything. There is a season and a time and we need to learn to have the wisdom to know when and where to do it. And again, when it comes to theological things, we were talking about some stuff this afternoon too. You know, just theological things that people are different on. But it was like in the past when I saw it was kind of starting to just cause hostility in certain areas, I didn't think it was worth it. It's like, I'm moving on from it. This isn't worth hostility. And so you know what? I'm, I would just rather not argue about this. Let's let's talk about something else. Let's move on from this because you know we don't we don't want to be that full of debate, Christian. That is that is a wicked attitude, and and so hopefully this helps you uh, understand how to put all those things together. So with that, let's pray, dear Lord. I thank you so much for uh, the instruction uh, that we have in your in your word, and I pray you'll help us to have the wisdom to follow these things. I pray you'll help us to. Uh, do things for the right reason. I hope you. I pray you'll help each one here, to uh, every soul winner in this church, to just have the wisdom to know when to keep uh, talking, debating with somebody, and to know when to walk away. Lord, there's a lot of people out there who need to hear the gospel. We don't want to waste our time getting involved in carnal fights and having unprofitable contention and thing. But help us to uh, just have wisdom and to learn to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in this area. And I, hope you'll, I pray you'll help us be effective, and I pray that we will change the hearts and minds of many people when it comes to the things of salvation and things of doctrine. And your name we pray. Amen.